This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life, from the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. So 
So today's episode's a bit different, Vic. It is a bit, isn't it, Hamish? We are both wearing clothes. Yes, we're wearing clothes, yeah, for, for once. For the first time in eight seasons. Yeah, yeah. And But you are wearing clothes, but you still have parts of your body exposed to me. It's not your penis. Just the penis. <laughs> I'm wearing it's a three-piece suit, but just the penis is winking at you. Yeah, it did wink at me, actually. No, it's the toes. Yeah, which Let's is, talk about which the toes. Which caused some offence. Yeah, it's very offensive. I say I don't mind feet, but those I have a problem with. Yes. Well, this is the first episode that we've ever recorded. I thought I would get my good toes out. Yes, recorded with video. With film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad a podcast. <laughs> and Vic has taken offence at these toes. Yeah, you shouldn't come to something so professional as this situation that we're in right now mm. and expose those plates of meat to the general public. See, I feel the same about your face. <laughs> <laughs> if you wear balaclavas more often, I would feel more comfortable. True. We do both have good faces for radio. We yeah. say that a lot. And here we are with cameras in our faces, yeah. actually this being filmed. That's why I've worn nice earrings. Can you see? Yeah. I'm like a Christmas tree, which is quite plain and very average looking. Sure. But then I've like put baubles and decorated my body in yes. different ways. One of those is makeup and earrings. Yours is obviously those feet. hideous shoes. Yeah, I draw people's attention to my feet <laughs> yes. to bring it away from my face. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. So, yeah, look at my nice earrings. Don't look at the uh, middle-aged the face. The disaster of a face. <laughs> We love ourselves, really. Funnily enough, Hamish, today's episode is about confidence, mm. which you are taking away from me right now rather dramatically. And, and you are me. Yeah. <laughs> We're just here to destroy each other and then build each other back up and hope for the best, aren't okay. we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking today, right, I find it really, really hard. It's something that's been coming up a lot recently, but I find it hard, not including you, mm. to be around shy people. Why is that? I find it difficult when people are, a group of people are together and a lot of them are sort of introverted. I find it makes me introverted yes. as well. But I think this is a good thing. I think you, like me, are a chameleon. So yes. you sort of take on the personalities mm. of the people that you're hanging around with. True. Chameleon is like a less sexy way of saying you're an empath, right? Yes. <laughs> Okay. I am an empath. I soak up the emotions of a room when I walk into it. It could be ADHD. It could be something like what those people th do. People that can remember their entire lives. Yeah. Yes. You keep talking about these people. Yes, yeah, because they you savants. Watched, you watched a documentary. I did. Once. I've watched okay. one documentary once in my life, and it was that one. Well, I just find it interesting that when I walk into a room, I'm conscious of what everybody's doing. Like recently mm. I was at a restaurant and all my kids were moving their chairs around and it was really, really noisy and I could see other people looking at us and it makes me feel really uncomfortable to think that I've offended someone. Yeah. So then I'm, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So I'm apologising to people I don't know all mm -hmm. the time. I'm just very, very conscious about how other people feel about me, basically. So are you saying on an episode of Sober Awkward, you've written a whole episode about hating shy people? Because that could get you cancelled. I don't think that is a valid episode. Well, it's sort of about that. It's about me being an empath and taking on the feelings of others and losing my confidence. Funnily enough, Hayne, when I'm around you, I get more of a sense of kind of like numbness and sadness and despair. Just, just your yeah. sort of ambience, your sort of aura gives me a feeling of dread. Actually. I have that ability. I'm like a black hole. You are. All fun comes into me and then just dissipates and yeah. you're just left feeling empty and alone. Yeah, I do. I feel empty and alone when I'm around Imagine you. Imagine how my wife feels. <laughs> yeah, it's poor thing. Poor Liz. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, so it sort of is about sort of hating shy people, which sure. of course I don't. I'm, I'm not going to go down that road. But I'm going to deliver this message in a bit of a softer way, Home. 
So this is going to be another one of your selfish episodes yeah. where you research something that you are feeling in the hope that someone else out there is feeling it too. And then you find out why you feel like that. You get some stats about it, do a little bit of research, see a therapist, then cry into a pillow a few times a week. Sort of, Hamish. See, I see this as <laughs> selfish. Yeah. I think this is my time as well as yours. You are on the clock and yet you are just doing work for yourself. Yeah, well, deal with it. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> So today's episode is about confidence. Um, Hamish knows I tend to get a bit nervous talking in front of people. I can be a bit shy and a bit timid and sometimes lack confidence in certain areas, like public speaking, for example, exactly what we're actually doing right now in front of each other. I do get nervous in front of you, Hamish. You make me very nervous. Nervous and, and feelings of dread. It's not about hating shy people, but I am going to be the devil's advocate here and say, you know, because it's something I myself want to change. Mm-hmm. So this is, yeah, you're right. This is going to be all about me and everything about me and what I'm going to ha- do in the future and the past. And it's going to be all based around my own personality moving forward, Hamish. What do you think? Sounds like you're making a promise to yourself that you may or may not be able to keep. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think confidence is something that depends on the person, yeah. the environment and individual situations. Yeah. I don't know if this is a cheesy film quote or if you read it somewhere or if I read it somewhere. It sounds like something that Bruce Lee would say. Yeah. I've never seen a Bruce Lee film, but I have what? seen posters with quotes of his. Yeah. Self-confidence is the art of self-love and belief in your power. Okay, yeah, I do love a good Bruce Lee quote. I can't believe you've never seen a Bruce I've Lee movie. Bruce That's Lee disappointing. It's not self-love, Hamish, because I know what, what you're, you're referring to there. No, you don't. It's like a hand job, isn't it? <laughs> no. Is this another Wank Bank episode? This isn't another Wank Bank episode. <laughs> no, if you have been missed one. that one, yeah. do go back and listen to it. Yeah. No, today's episode is about confidence, not Wank Bank. It is, we're wondering whether confidence is the reason why we drank in the first place. If we lacked confidence as a kid, are we statistically, statistically more likely to have a problem? And does confidence come back once we're sober? And what does it feel like once it does? Is it perhaps the key to a long, happy, sober life, Hamish? By the way, when we're talking about those feet earlier, you reminded me, have you still got those pictures of my mum's feet that you had what no i don't know what you're talking about what seems to be the officer problem no mm. nothing to see here no i do not have any photos of your mum's feet in my wallet right now over there can i have them back please no those are mine <laughs> those are my special little feet photos. i don't know if you remember that we recently did an episode and my mum's feet did come up rather a lot didn't I don't they know why they came i up. think we were talking about her little toes being squashed into her shoes yes and wearing high heels which is why now she has these kind of funny little squashed I say funny little squash like that's endearing. They are not endearing at all. I've always felt very comfortable around your mum until that episode comes out and now that I know that she thinks that I'm staring at her feet masturbating. Right. (laughs) Well, funnily enough, it's going to be another Toes episode, isn't it? Because we've started with your horrible plates of meat here. Thank you. Um, that are like child hands. And now we're going on to my mum's toes. I'll bring out mine in a minute and then we'll have a big no, proper freak show. That, keep them under that. <laughs> keep them under the shoe. shoes. Yeah. So what is confidence? Confidence is a belief in oneself, the conviction that one has the ability to meet life's challenges and to succeed and the willingness to act accordingly. Being confident requires a realistic sense of one's capabilities and feeling secure in that knowledge. Did you just come up with that, did you? Yeah, I just rattle that off. I'm just you like are, a walking encyclopedia. You are so clever, Hamish. Also, projecting confidence helps people gain credibility, make a strong first impression, deal with pressure and tackle personal and professional challenges. It's also an attractive trait as confidence helps us put others at ease. Hmm, interesting. I feel like, Hame, you are a very confident guy. You step into every situation, no matter what, learning that 
this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to learn something out of it. You always step into everything with a level of confidence. And it's really lovely to watch. In fact, I feel that so much. I told you about this the Mm. other day. I chose you as a person that inspires me in a recent therapy session. Because you know I love a bit of therapy, Haim. I was telling the lovely lady about how I dread big events. um, Feel judged and feel like I want to... how I feel judged and feel like I want to step into my confidence and into my power a bit more nowadays. Because obviously this is what we do and we have to show up at events and things and talks in front of people nowadays. And I do find that really, really hard and I don't know how to do it. So I did use you as a person of choice that I look up to, Hamish. Honestly, that well, the day that you told me that was one of the greatest compliments I've ever been given. Right. I don't know why. I think maybe coming from you, I see as someone who is confident and good at public speaking. Right. Even though you don't think you are. And we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. (laughs) Like the idea of you talking about me to your therapist as someone you want to emulate was almost too much for me to deal with. Well, the reason it had come up was because I was so just, I didn't tell you the rest of the session. Oh, sure. Okay. He <laughs> Everything is else. a terrible human, but my God, is he okay at going into Yeah, that's the one thing he's yeah. going <laughs> to So in that, it was actually a hypnotherapy session, Hamish. Mm. So we sat down and we counted down and I relaxed. And actually, I'm really susceptible to hypnotherapy, she said. I was like out like a light. Okay. And she talks you through things when you're kind of in this more sort of passive state. And the things that bubble up into your brain, it's like probably when you do breath work Mm -hmm. certain feelings that you didn't even know were sitting dormant in you sort of bubble up to the surface and you can draw the dot join the dots together and work out where you're going wrong and so she asked me to picture somebody and I pictured you and it was a bit weird she said what do you picture him doing and it was you standing over me with like a golden light you were kind of in a golden door it wasn't coming from your asshole (laughs) halo coming up my bum hole (laughs) I think about that a lot it wasn't that (laughs) but I, I just imagine you pass, it sounds rude now, it's Go like on. a golden passage, it does sound golden like a shower, bubble. Yeah. <laughs> the golden shower of love was upon me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, And you were just standing there, oh, is it, it just Go sounds on. odd, you were pu- putting, <laughs> putting your power into me. <laughs> <laughs> you were standing over me within a golden light and I felt some of your presence. Okay. Sure. I didn't feel your Christmas presents, but mm-hmm. I felt your presence and I felt powerful afterwards. And I, she said, you've got to take a bit of that wherever you go from now on. Take a bit of what you've learned from Hamish and go and step into his shoes occasionally. Mm. So now when I speak, I think about you and I go, how would Hamish deal with that? It's a bit like that million dollar mindset. Yes. Like, am I going to get a million dollars at the end of this speech? Would I do it? Mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to get up there and do it. So it's in me to do it. And I see you do it. So therefore, I'm going to take a a little piece of those things that give me confidence and use them in the moment. So that's what I learned. And were you worried that I might have lost some of my power during that therapy? What what time was that therapy session? It was at 3.15 on a Friday afternoon. Trying to think. Yeah, did I did I take some power That's off what, you? I see. I might have been having. I don't one know of if my, it works like that. Though. I might have been having a weak moment with the photos of your mum. I oh, don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Oh my god, this episode is too much already, <laughs> Hamish. What are we talking about? Yeah. So I've dimin- I've diminished some of your power. So now you're going to have to go to therapy to learn to be yeah. confident because I've actually Removed stolen it. some of yours. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so I often wonder, Hamish. Like you are such a confidence chap. There's going to be reasons for it. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you think? Maybe. Okay. So why are you this way? Let's take a step back in time. Before booze was even on the scene, were you a confident child? Okay. So I think that the root of this was in the fact that I was a younger sibling. Like you, a younger sibling. Yeah. And typically, younger siblings are show-offs. Yeah. 
I think for some reason we attribute being a show-off as a child as being a confident child. Show-off mm-hmm. kind of has a negative connotation. Confident is a positive thing. I was certainly a show-off, yeah. um, which I guess is is confident. I, I guess mean, so, yeah. Shy kids are not necessarily confident, I suppose. So I definitely sort of got a buzz off being loud. I was a loud kid. I was naked quite often, as, as you know. I've carried that into my adult life mm. um, I was the class clown did you have a child lambkini or mankini no I was just just naked just naked Full naked okay. just naked much older than it's like cute to be naked oh, you know you can get away with like naked. oh he's five and he runs around the supermarket naked that's kind of sweet yeah when you're 11 okay like, not cool someone locked that child up yeah, yeah that, that was me <laughs> okay that's odd um, I think also part of it was the fact that my parents threw me into everything. Right. So I played all the sports. I was doing all the activities. I played the piano and then the drums and the trumpet and the bagpipes. I did judo. I did swim classes. What? Wait, wait, was... wait, 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 wait. Bagpipes. Have you never known this about me? No. How long have we known each other? Not long. Not long enough. Bagpipes. God, what the hell? I, well, I think I, I think you no, know, this is actually quite deep. I think I began playing the bagpipes because I knew it would make my dad happy because he's Scottish and he used to play the bagpipes right. in the army. Right. So when I got them, then he got back into them. I thought maybe that would be like a, a cool parent. Thing I took to connect over. I took ecstasy because I was a people pleaser. You learned to play the bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not totally the same, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, I loved performing. So I was doing all the school orchestras and the plays. I got a real kick off like reading, um, doing like the church readings at, at mass in the beginning, like in the mornings at school. Very different. I really we? enjoyed that. Right. I, I could. I remember like really analysing why other people were good or bad at that from mm. a young age. You know, you're reading something boring like Mark's Gospel. Mm. No, <laughs> no offence to Saint Mark. Um, and you're going, yeah, he wasn't very good at it. Why? And I remember thinking, like, I was. 10 thinking that wow. which I guess is, is quite unusual and actually funnily enough this weekend I heard the term generalist somebody said hey maybe you're a generalist mm. I'm a little bit good at lots of things I'm not a specialist as generalist and the specialists I'm not oh. excellent at any of those things mm-hmm. I got like an all-rounder scholarship to school because I was okay at lots of things and I think maybe one of the benefits of being a generalist is that it can bring with it confidence I feel as if I could hold my own in a conversation on a variety of topics or in a variety of sports and a variety of, sort of musical environments I was always okay mm. and I think that brings with it confidence do you think that's something to do with changing schools I know I changed schools a couple of times as a kid I went to a really rough comprehensive and then I went to a really posh private school and it meant that I was able to blend in with all different types of people. Mm. I had an interest in all different types of people and I wasn't very judgmental and I think that gave me a confidence because I felt like I can step into anything and be who I am and uh, and sort of, as you say, like a chameleon and and get on with everybody. I think that is to do with confidence as well and I think actually changing schools for me a couple of times as a youngster helped boost my confidence because I knew I had to go in there and show the best version of myself Mm -hmm. very quickly to be able to make friends. I was the same. I started at a rougher school and then right. I went to a posh school. Yeah. So I think maybe an element of that, but I think really that's when the sibling thing comes in for me. Right. So I never went to a school where my older brother wasn't already there and had been there for two years. Okay. So I immediately felt relaxed. I wasn't going to get bullied by the older kids. You could sort of get away with being cheeky mm. and not get beaten up for yeah, it. Yeah. So I think a huge amount of it came from being that younger sibling, like the protection of an older brother and naturally being a show-off because... Younger siblings, younger siblings can be clowns, whereas older siblings, I think, feel this 
like maybe it gets put on them that they have to look after their younger sibling yeah. when they may be too young mm. to be given that responsibility. So they grow up. My experience is that my brother probably grew up faster than I did. Yeah. I mean, that's playing out every day in my house at the moment. Exactly that, that. yeah. yeah. So George, yeah. George is he's old like, beyond his years. Yeah, sure. yeah, he's the king of the house. He wants to control everybody else, whereas Fred is the jester and he's just running around naked, probably a bit like you were, yeah. just being the class clown and we all find it funny, but George finds it really, really hard mm. to relax around that because of this hierarchy that's just even set up before they're even born, mm. isn't there? This kind of setup where this we have these roles within a family. It's quite weird. It is something to do with that. I think I was very confident for the same reasons. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, what were you like at that age? Were you a class clown? Yeah, well, hu- I was hugely confident as right. a child. And I wonder what happened to me somewhere along the line. We're going to get into that a little bit. But an example of my confidence at school was when I got a detention one year. I I took it off the teacher, marched straight to the headmistress's office and said, what's this? You know, I'm not putting up with this. And I, she said it was the first time anyone had ever been to her office and complained about getting... It was a pink slip in those yeah. days. And Did she you said, get let off the detention? Yeah, she said, I, I'm so impressed with you coming in here and banging on the door and, like, starting a riot that I'm just going to let you off. I think it's incredible. That's awesome. So I just used to kind of march around. I was really, really confident. I was funny. I was good at school. I had loads of friends. I don't know where it all went wrong, quite honestly, mm. Hamish. Um, you are still funny and have lots of friends. But there was a stage where I th- I was using alcohol to boost my confidence, yeah. which I'm going to get into. Yeah. But my family were all opinionated and loud, so therefore that's I had to join that in. I had to join in with that. Um, I knew I could make others smile, which is a good secret weapon when you're at school. And I use that a lot in class. So that's always something good to have as a kid is to be able to make your mates giggle in the back of the classroom. And I, I could do that. I could read and perform in front of people. I used to do poetry and I used to love reading. I used to be good at languages. I know I'm bigging myself up here, but don't worry. It's going to go horribly wrong in a second. <laughs> I'll tear myself down in five <laughs> yeah, minutes. Don't worry. Right. I'm making myself sound amazing. But I was in all the school teams. I was in, you know, tennis. And although you were better than tennis me I think weren't you weren't you played at Wimbledon yeah okay I may have lied about playing at Wimbledon once Hamish didn't play at Wimbledon he played in Wimbledon but not actually at Wimbledon yeah Um, I was very streetwise a bit cocky and I was outgoing I said what I thought and I never ever really questioned myself Mm. but then came the time where two of my best friends I talk about it a lot turned their backs on me and it was the first time I ever lost my confidence. I was like, I'm a really normal person, so why has this happened to me? And I got a knock, a massive knock Mm. to my confidence that day. And I never saw those two friends again. It was all like really upsetting for me, but I sort of shoved it under the carpet. I swept it away thinking, oh, well that's happened to me, but I'm gonna be okay now. But actually that's when I started to use alcohol to try and boost that confidence again, which is interesting. That was the first time your confidence really took a smash. Well, I talk about it in my book a bit, don't I? Mm. There was a haircut very early on when I was about five where my mum gave me this terrible like bowl cut and I remember looking in the mirror and feeling for the first time like I'm not sure I like myself mm. as much as I did. And I, was, I think there's just a few little taps on the shoulder going throughout life. It happens to everybody. It's like you can come into this life and be the most confident person ever. And then there's a few little taps on your shoulder of people going, oh, well, maybe you're not pretty enough or maybe you're a little bit too fat or mm. maybe you should be doing things a bit better. And these things happen naturally throughout all of our lives where it's just like somebody bringing you down occasionally, especially with social media. They're like massive taps on the back, like comparing lives and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think it's it's a natural process in life that you start to get knocked down as as you grow. 
But it's a shame. It's yeah. a shame that that happens. Why can't those knocks be, you're good enough, you're all right, you're worthy? It doesn't happen until you're after 40 that you realise those things are important and probably after we've drank our lives away. Yeah. yeah. See, for me, the real confidence knocks would come around women. I was never... And, mm. Oh, no, to this day, I am pretty good now. But at the time, I was never good around women. And I would blame my brother. Yeah. So I would say, look, I grew up with a brother. My mum only has brothers. I'm always around men. And my mum is like another man, in my opinion. Yeah. That's, I think that's what I said then. Like, I don't know how girls think, so I don't know how right. to speak to them. Yes. So I would only feel comfortable speaking to a girl if, it, if I was in a group. Yeah. So three boys and three girls, and I was okay. But one-on-one, like, no idea. I think Jesus. to this day, I'm not sure if I've ever been on like a traditional date. Yeah. Like a one-on-one dinner yeah. conversation. You're more of a one-night stand kind I'm of more guy. of a, yeah, just get you in and get wish. out. You wish. <laughs> <laughs> I think our families are so different, Hamish, aren't they? Because you've grown up with a brother. I grew up with like two sisters and a brother. I, just, I do think it makes a difference. And it, I think it makes a difference how many brothers and sisters you have as well. Like my family were all really gregarious and brash. Mm. And I loved being part of it. Their ability to control a room full of revelers always made me really proud and of course I just wanted to join in with that I liked that they could tell good jokes or tell a speech at a wedding without questioning themselves they didn't bat an eyelid when they did that it was pretty impressive Mm. Um, it was actually really inspiring I guess I've always been around confident people and that influenced me more than I realized growing up so why do you think you get nervous now what's the root of that um I think it's just been that that thing of the not knowing who I am for 25 years and using alcohol to top up my personality. I decided that alcohol would help my confidence and that was that. It's a shame really because Mm -hmm. really now, only now in the last few weeks have I realised I never needed it. I'm surprised you say you decided it. I think we discover that alcohol brings us confidence rather than decide. I think suddenly you're like, oh, I'm just the life of the party when I'm drunk. Rather than going, okay, here's a tool that I can use to always be fun. I think I did make that choice. Do you think? Yeah. I think that po- that thing happened to me at school and I think I made a choice in that moment. I thought I've lost my confidence and I need something else. And it wasn't that I'd wanted it to top up my confidence. I think I wanted it to numb out the fact that I was sad, mm. but I thought that was me sort of fitting in. It's a really strange concept, isn't it? To use something to numb out that you think is actually making you more confident. Because yeah, yeah. I was probably more confident for that first drink. But then looking back... I was actually just numbing out of sadness and drinking too much. So we say it tops up our confidence, but for how long? Mm. How long do we feel confident for, really, when we're drinking? It's so interesting. I actually realise now that I don't think I ever needed to drink. I thought I did, and I did it because everyone else did. But then I just carried on and presumed that it was alcohol giving me confidence. I thought it was the booze, when in fact I was always really self-assured. All my emotions... All of my emotions and personality traits became so immersed in booze that by the time 25 years later that I popped out the other end, I didn't really know who I was and I had to rebuild the person that came before booze. So what's that like, sort of relearning to be confident? Well, I think it's still taking me a massive amount of time. I'd, I think if you had said to me, before I'd started drinking, Vic, go up on the stage and do a speech, mm. I wouldn't have thought twice about it. And I think, getting drunk for 25 years and then getting sober for the past six. It's like I have, I've had to, I took part of myself away that I now have to relearn. It's a real shame that I have to go on this whole other journey. I've had to learn 
how to be confident again. There are other factors too in this confidence game, Hame. Ageing is one, body shape, tall poppy syndrome, which is a massive Australian thing. People find they're always comparing themselves to one another and don't feel like they're able to share their wins, mm. which is a real shame. Um, and feeling like an imposter. Like sometimes I feel like, well, I'm just a mum from Queensland. Why am I sitting in a studio now? Why do I, you know, go on TV or talk or do anything that I do? I'm just a mum. Like mm. I, I talk myself down. I think that's a massive issue. Pre Perimenopause doesn't help. Libido doesn't help. There's all these other factors that are kicking us in the gonads going... You sh you're allowed to be confident, but now you're not. It's really confusing for a woman, especially, I think. Um, also, I've aged and had children. It seems that there is more to worry about. And I choose to put myself out there a bit more nowadays. So, of course, my job is telling my sobriety story. And that can make me feel vulnerable and judged. So they're all things that relate to me losing confidence in my day-to-day -day life. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So, Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life, from the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. Yeah. What about you, Hamish? Has your confidence ever taken a hit? Yeah, I think the biggest hit it ever took was mm. going through a breakup. Okay, yeah. Because a breakup is such a clear, I don't want to be with you anymore. Like it's oh, such yes. a personal yep. rejection. Yeah. And I think with it inevitably comes feelings of not feeling like you're enough. Yeah. Or you know, what was it about me that didn't that didn't fit with you? And it's bloody awful. Like I was yeah. miserable every day, all day for months. Yep. And then I booked a flight to Australia and my life changed because I met Liz on my first day here. Yeah. But that was definitely the biggest like period of my life where I've had to be introspective and look at what was it about me that wasn't enough. 
And actually, which is you, yeah, it's difficult. But actually, you know now that it probably wasn't about it, you. Just two people that weren't meant to be together. Yeah. But it takes a long time to process that. Yeah. You actually know what? There's, there was no hard feelings. It's just she saw sooner what it took me a long time to see, which is mm. that we're not meant to be together. Yes. And at the time, if you don't see it, you're struggling and you're questioning yeah. it and you go no this can't be right and I remember going like I hope you're right because <laughs> if you're not how miserable is my life going to be yeah um, so but I think it's it's a huge hit and anyone that's had a, a heartbreak heartbroken will will be able to feel what I'm describing but and weirdly I think a relationship knock for some reason in my life hurt a lot more than career knocks so I right. went to this beautiful drama school called the Ecole Philippe Gaulier just outside Paris and it, he is known for put downs so you okay, go on stage right. and you try and exercise and he gives you about three seconds and if you're not immediately funny he hits his drum and he goes we fucking hate victoria oh, if no. you come to my house i put you in a bath with piranhas and chlorophoric acid and i burn you oh my yeah. god he goes, really? if you come home with my daughter i shoot you and then i shoot my daughter Oh my so, like, god, the put down's amazing. Amazing. For some reason, I think you know what he's doing is effectively preparing you for yeah. a life in, in drama where yeah. 99 or for me like 99.9% of auditions that you go to, you're not going to get. Right. And for some reason, I can take those hits right. better than a personal hit like a breakup. Okay. So I think your confidence is sort of it's too easy to go confidence is one thing. I think your confidence in different areas of your life is more stubborn mm. than than perhaps others yeah um i also think that there is a difference between being confident socially and being confident generally in your life okay. so i went to a kids party yesterday and usually i feel confident and um, yesterday going to a kids party i knew i only knew the birthday girl and her parents i didn't feel confident and there are days when i sort of slightly hide behind liz or maybe i chase sunny a bit more to avoid having to have conversations yeah. with other parents yeah so there are days when i don't feel confident socially mm. but i feel confident in lots of other aspects of my life I often feel confident when I feel like I want to impress someone. Mm -hmm. Like if it's someone that I really like, I'm overconfident because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to put the effort in here. Yeah. But if it's someone that I know is dull and I have no interest in, like someone at a, kid, like someone at a kid's party, mm. I lose my confidence because I, I guess my confidence comes when I need it to sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So you can sort of fake it. I sort of can yeah. fake like, oh, I'm interesting and I'm interested in you and, and I want someone to like me. It definitely comes down, confidence and people pleasing are a little bit kind of flow into one any, one another for me, I think. Yeah. But yeah, if someone's dull, my confidence just switches off because I can't be bothered to put on the show. And I'm like, well, I don't really care what you think about me anyway, so I will hide behind someone and, and not be my normal self. Mm -hmm. So I do think maybe we can play on our confidence a little bit as well. Whereas for you and me, we're probably quite extrovert compared to a lot of people. And that's what I mean by not liking being around shy, shy people a lot because I find I dumb myself down yeah. a lot sometimes. Yeah. I want to be loud and gregarious and say what I want, but when I'm with a group of people at a kids party mm. specifically, I do dumb myself down because I think I don't want to, people to think I'm weird or annoying. True. or So it's all really subconscious, but isn't also, it? Also, my mum was at a brewery. So everyone was like, right. drinking and I was the only sober person. A kids so party at a brewery? Yeah, three-year-old. That is brilliant. <laughs> well, but not for a sober person, of course. <laughs> I have to ask Hamish... I know you find it a bit odd that I get nervous about things because I'm always going on about it. What do you really think about okay. it? I'm putting you on the spot You here. are, but I think that's fair. I don't think that it's odd that you get nervous. I don't think it's odd that anyone gets nervous. I think it maybe just serves as a reminder that I'm slightly unusual and that I, I don't experience too many nerves. Yeah. 
I think it's probably because I'm just overly passive. I think you look at it as a guy like, Haim's just confident, doesn't get nervous. I think I'm just quite a passive guy. My, my right. nickname for a while was Passive Haim. Yeah. My dad is passive, just never really too up or down because yeah. things sort of wash over. Yeah. What The thing that I find unusual about your nerves, if you want my truth on it. Yes, I do. Is that I have known you for three years yeah. and I've only seen you be confident on stage, in podcasts, interviewing people or being interviewed by people. All the evidence I've got of you doing the thing that makes you nervous is positive evidence of you doing it well. Mm. So the feeling of you being continuously nervous about doing these things again, to me, seems illogical. So I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like you, you do this I've seen you give so many speeches mm. and so many live shows and so many podcasts and you always kill it. So I'm like, why is the nervous voice in your head louder than the wealth of evidence that you've built up over the last three years that I've known you and probably mm. long before that? Like, what, why is it so loud, that voice? I think it's because I'm so aware of trying to be humble. Okay, it's that sound poppy weird? Syndrome. It is, yeah. yeah. I'm. I don't want to come across as overconfident. It's that thing of dumbing myself mm -hmm. down again. I recently, I don't know whether I told you about this. I went to see Trent Dalton speak. I think I did mention okay. it on another podcast. Yes. And he just got on the stage and he owned it. And he was like, "Isn't this brilliant? I'm here and you're reading my book and I love it." And I was sitting there going, "Oh my god, this is what I want to see. I don't want to go somewhere and see someone get on a stage and be nervous. Mm. Nobody wants to go to a show and watch someone on a stage not owning it. And I find that I'm doing that a little bit. And I need to take a bit of your confidence and Trent Dalton's confidence and just own what I'm." doing which I, I people would deny that when they see me and I like, oh you look you were amazing you didn't look nervous at all I am literally dying inside mm. when we do our live shows I get so nervous before it when we kick off I'm That's like okay this is all right yeah. I get into the flow and once I realize everybody looks happy if I can see in the audience everyone's smiling I start to relax but the weeks before and even the mm. weeks after even when we interviewed fat boy slim mm. and lee mack I don't feel I know what it is it, it's like a therapy You're session, isn't it? Into it. Go on. I feel like it's. I don't feel worthy. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it comes down to, and that's a confidence issue. Yeah. I don't feel worthy of those people sitting there and smiling at me and absorbing what I'm saying because I feel like sometimes I'm winging it. I'm winging what I'm saying even now. Mm. Um, it may come across as confident, but also it's not. It's me just blabbering on and hoping that for the best that people yeah. like what I'm saying. And I think we'd all do that a lot, but I'm just very conscious of it because I have to listen back to our podcast and I have to watch the show and I have to know that there are people that they want to hear what I have to say. And I hope that what I have to say is good enough. So it's definitely about self-worth. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. The good news is, though, Hamish, I am aware of this trait. All too aware. I All say. too aware. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so I think about it too much, probably. I'm almost talking myself into it, aren't mm. I? Um, I'm definitely holding back in some areas of my life. It turns out that this one thing can have a much bigger impact on us humans and on how we progress, actually. It can affect how people feel about themselves and their abilities. It can also affect how individuals make decisions and live their lives. It's quite full on. Low self-esteem and a lack of confidence can negatively affect people's relationships, work or studies. Without interventions, it may also have a negative impact on their mental and physical health. Yeah, it definitely has an impact on my mental health. It got me wondering, Hamish, why does alcohol seem to give us confidence? What is it actually doing? I know you've got a little wank pamphlet over there about <laughs> dopamine, so take it away. Wank pamphlet, real <laughs> nice. Let me just unstick the pages here. <laughs> so alcohol activates the brain's reward system, triggering the release of 
of dopamine, a neurotransmitter associated with euphoria, motivation and pleasure. These positive emotions contribute to an elevated sense of confidence coupled with alcohol stress relieving properties. I think we're talking there about one or two drinks, aren't we? Yeah. I think after three drinks, that is completely ripped away from well, you. Well, then that the dopamine feeling. starts to come the back deficit, down until it's yeah. below your, your resting Yeah, average. so it dips. So then you're having the next drink and the next drink to try and Chase get it. it back up there. And then you're in a blackout, so you don't mm. experience the dopamine hit anyway. Jeez, right. I wonder if confidence is one of the reasons people start drinking. I know it was for Lucy, who used mm -hmm. to present this podcast. Um, it's why they carry on. It's why it's so hard to stop. And it's actually why people relapse, especially if you have a tendency to be a bit shy. Booze seems to knock introversion on the noggin and you probably go from hiding in the lav to the life and soul of the party. Alcohol gives a false sense of confidence, which for many people is addictive in itself. Of course it is. Alcohol can feel like liquid confidence. It cancels self-awareness. The question is then, if you don't have self-confidence, how are you ever going to survive being sober? Right. Even though it's hard, going sober is a lesson on confidence building. Wouldn't you agree, Vic? I definitely agree. I never realised until recently when someone asked, what has been the most important thing about going sober for you? And I knew right away it was owning it, being confident about who I am without alcohol. We often say that, don't we, Haim, about knowing who you were before alcohol yeah. and who comes after it. Yep. So being able to socialise with a strong sense of self and knowing that I'm doing the right thing, it comes back to our core values again, doesn't it? Has your sobriety helped your confidence at all, Hamish, do you think? I actually think yes and no. I think it has in that I've been to a load of events like weddings and gigs and raves and public speaking events, all of those while sober, which I've sort of proved that I can do it sober. Yep. Where it hasn't, in that whereas before when I was drinking and going to events, I had a 100% hit ratio of feeling confident at events. Yeah, right. Now I'm probably sitting at like a 70 or 80% depending on the day. Yeah. Which I think maybe is actually just more what normal life is like. Yes. There are days when you just don't feel confident in a social scenario. So before I was blind to that, whereas yeah. now I'm like, oh, actually there are days where I'm not fantastic at a party. So I think that can bring with it maybe like a knock to your confidence in a way. Like yeah. You don't have this crutch that like, well, I can just drink this and I'll be amazing at every party. It's because of clarity, I think, isn't it? It's because your emotions are real and raw. There's nothing to numb them out. So you're feeling everything. So you're more conscious whether you're feeling sad or happy or anywhere yeah. in between because you're sober. Yeah. So yeah. I guess my confidence now is more authentic. It's like stronger confidence when yes. I am strong, when I am feeling it. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Let's take a moment and focus on why you might feel less confident if you are newly sober. Yeah. Why do you think, Vic? Well, it's so new, confronting and raw, and you feel exposed. Like 100%. everybody, it's like you're skin's been ripped off isn't it it's like silence of the lambs <laughs> going sober is like silence of the lambs there's a little quote that'll be our, our trailer for this episode <laughs> how to not convince people to go sober <laughs> remember that film that terrified you as a child yeah it's exactly what it's like you don't know who you are socially anymore I mean, that was the biggest thing I discovered about myself was that I actually didn't know who I was when I quit booze. Yeah. I had to find out who that social person was. And it was very, very, very difficult. You are conscious of everything. We often talk about that bright light. You feel totally raw and exposed and you may feel judged because of that. And also you're going to be the odd one out, aren't you? Well, you're that's gonna, a big one. That's a huge one. If because, you're the odd one out, yeah. it's hard to feel confident when you are the odd one out, you're not part of the tribe, totally. you're not part of the pack, you're yeah. not doing all the like slightly tipsy gags yeah. that are funny when you're drunk yeah. and not when you're sober. So yeah. it's hard to be like loud and proud on yourself when you're not 
in the gang. It reminds me of the rejection from the tribe episode that we yeah. did with Dave Watson. It's like you, by becoming sober in itself, that one thing, you are sort of rejecting yourself, excommunicating yourself mm -hmm. from the tribe. So therefore you're sort of in a lane by yourself, which of course is going to be a massive knock to your confidence, isn't it? Of course. There are no outs, no escapes from yourself or your thoughts, exactly what you said, Haim. And you thought alcohol gave you confidence and now that it's gone, you feel like you'll never ever get it back that's a huge worry for lots yeah. of newly sober people so it's, it's interesting Haim, isn't it that it is early stages of sobriety it is about finding confidence again searching for that confidence that you perhaps had a, as a child or the confidence that you numbed out mm -hmm. it's yeah. confronting like that is yeah. what the first month or two months or the first social event you go to as a sober person you've got yeah. to confront oh my god can i do this can i be confident can i yeah. be at a party yeah. without alcohol because most of us have not done it since we went to kids parties when we were like 12. yeah at the brewery yeah at a brewery yeah a three-year-old <laughs> i know we've both experienced a shift in our confidence the longer we've gone sober how have you found sobriety's help you with your confidence well it's that stepping stone that we talk about mm -hmm. each step has helped me grow as a person. It all sounds very cheesy and woo-woo. And we had ice baths yesterday, didn't we, we Hamish? Did. did you see on the, your birthday. On my birthday, did you see the note that somebody wrote underneath? What? Have you gone woo-woo now, Vic? Yes. Yeah. Michelle I've, I've French. I've you over. <laughs> yeah. She was like disappointed in me because she says I'm so unspiritual. She's like, oh God, you're not going to the spiritual dark side, Vic are you? She spent her birthday doing ice baths with me. I love it. I did the post that was like, I've been drawn in. I've been drawn into Hamish's world. This <laughs> This is the sort of shit you do on your birthday when you're sober. No champagne. I had a few people going, Haim, shit gift. I, yeah. like, I did also get her flowers. I didn't just make her come to my house and suffer for three minutes. It wasn't, a shit, it wasn't a shit gift. It was awesome. It was an experience. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, so the big thing we talk about is this stepping stone. Sobriety is a stepping stone. You don't just do one step, do you, and then give up because you don't learn anything. You have to keep going. And that's why it's that famous AA saying, like, one day at a time, one step at a time. And one of those steps is going out and building up the confidence, building that wall one brick at a time. You go out for 10 minutes the first time. You go out for 20 minutes the second time. You go out for 30 minutes. And each time you stay out longer. And also you learn to say no and go home. Mm. That takes confidence. Having boundaries takes confidence. So using a stepping stone in your brain and you stepping onto each one as time goes on is you building your sobriety confidence. Do you think shy people are more prone to alcoholism as a result of that? Interestingly, I had a look at this. Shyness can also be, funnily enough, described as sad. But I don't mean that in like an offensive way, like you're sad because okay. you're shy. Although, You're no. going to get cancelled. Yeah, yeah I'm going to get cancelled. <laughs> I love shy people, don't worry. It's sad stands for social anxiety disorder. Alcohol and social anxiety disorder are often connected. The rate at which social anxiety disorder and alcohol use disorders co-occur is extremely high, as those suffering from the disorder frequently turn to alcohol as a means of symptom relief. Okay, interesting. So tragically, addiction to alcohol and social anxiety disorder are a very common pair. And we've seen that for sure, people hiding their shyness Absolutely. by being the drunkest person at the party. Yeah. Research has shown that alcohol use disorders frequently co-occur with anxiety disorders as alcohol is often used as a coping mechanism to alleviate social fears. Okay. About 20% of social anxiety disorder patients also suffer from alcohol abuse or dependence and recent studies have revealed that these numbers are only increasing. So there you go, it's actually a fact that 20% of people who are 
shy are more likely to use alcohol. I mean, Lucy was a perfect yeah. example of that. So she was shy as a teenager. She started using alcohol for 25 years, same amount of time that I did. And then she stopped and she rediscovered that she was shy, mm. which is why she stayed in so much in yeah. her early sobriety. So it's interesting. It actually doesn't take it away. It just hides the shyness under a layer of booze. Yeah. Well, so shy people drink to become okay socially. You and I, who are like pretty extrovert, drunk to be the most extrovert part, person at the party. Totally. And then at the other end of the scale, people who are like operating way up here will drink to numb themselves down yeah. a bit. Yeah. I can totally get it. Imagine being really, really shy. And then suddenly it's like a magic liquid, yeah. isn't it? It's like somebody pouring something, magic potion over you. Go, mm. You go from this shy person to standing on a bar, you know, doing whatever, doing a crazy dance in yeah. front of a room full of people. Like, that's how strong that drug is. Mm. I mean, if you look at it like that, that's how strong alcohol is. It can completely change your personality and turn you from somebody who has no confidence at all to somebody who's dancing on a bar five minutes later. Absolutely. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? So, yes, shy people do lean on alcohol as a way to help themselves overcome social anxiety. So this is all very well and good. But how do people find their confidence, Hamish? I know this isn't an easy fix. I have therapy about it, for example. Mm. But what do you do? I've tried to start doing the things that make me scared. Okay, I great. Think that's the, we sort of talk about getting out of your comfort zone. It's yep. very similar to that. I think but that's the only way to begin building that stack of evidence that you need to level up, to go, yeah. okay, I can actually do this. I love this term levelling up. We're into this term yeah, we're ter- up. We're It's very into easy it. to sit at home yeah. and, and not drink and not go out and go, cool, I'm just going to take each day as it comes and I'm going to knuckle down. And for lots of people, you might need to do that in the early stages. Mm. But you're never going to build your confidence back up unless you do things that make you scared yeah. and fail a few times. Yeah, totally. Go to 10 events and be rubbish at three of them and mm. then be okay at five of them and then be great at a couple and go, okay, I can do it. I've, d- I've got the evidence that I can do it twice. But this is you. But this is you because you go into everything with that level of confidence that's what you do but what could somebody who's really really shy do like what would be the stepping stones well I think you're going to do what I'm doing but on a much smaller yeah. smaller um what am I trying to pebbles say? Like, rather yeah. than stepping stones there we go yes D- little sand pebbles sand pebbles so yes. go out for a, a coffee with one person yes okay and go you know what during that interaction ju- why don't you rate yourself go during that coffee I was quite fun I told stories I yeah. asked questions the conversation I really rolled right. and then go okay cool can I do it in a group of women or a group of men go five of us or six of us yeah. before you start going okay I'm going to go and have a full blown night out you might never get to that full blown night out yeah. stage which is totally fine but I guess take small steps mm. and then every now and then don't get comfortable taking the small steps and go bugger it I'm going to go into the deep end just for once yeah. and if it's rubbish the good thing about social events you can leave yeah. Particularly if you drive yourself there, if you go and, you know what, I'm not ready for this. There's 100 people here and it's a drinks party and I'm surrounded by booze and I feel awkward. I'm standing by myself. Mm. Just leave. Go, yes. okay, that night it didn't work. So almost draw it down to your level. So push yourself no matter who you are or how you're feeling. You might not be like Hamish. You might be somebody who really is desperate to stay at home and can't imagine even facing one person. It's about whatever re- level you're at or whatever wherever your confidence lies, is to just try and push yourself out that door a little bit. Mm. Put your toe in the water and sort of feel feel the temperature. And yeah. even if it's cold, like it was those ice baths, push yourself beyond it. And then the other thing I like to do is mirroring people. So, you know, who in your life is amazingly confident that you love to emulate? And what are they doing? Yeah. Mirror them. How are they standing at a party? Who are they talking to? Okay. What stories are they telling? What's their voice doing? You know, can you in any way take parts of them 
and copy it. Did you watch the um, Live Aid thing the other day? The best night in pop. Oh, they brilliant. Were, did you watch it? Yeah, yeah. So mirroring is exactly what Bob Dylan did to Stevie Wonder on that night. Right. Did you see? He was really nervous, Bob Dylan. Yes. He was completely out of his comfort zone. They were recording mm. We Are The World. Watch it. It's on Netflix. It's brilliant. brilliant. And it's all the most famous singers in the world where you would think you would have the most confident mm. people there. But you could see some of them were struggling because they're there with the best. Yeah. And Bruce Springsteen, God, well, but I'm not going to go into it right now, but Bruce Springsteen is my new idol. But that's exactly what Bob Dylan did. The guy, Quincy Jones, said, mm. mirror Stevie Wonder. Go and talk to him for five yeah, minutes. Yeah. He mirrored him. He didn't know what to do. He looked completely out of his depth. And he came and gave this incredible performance that was better than anybody else there. Mm. And proper Dylan, wasn't it? Yeah. Brilliant programme, watch it. And that's about mirroring. It's exactly mm. that, just stepping into somebody else's shoes for a moment and learning from them. It's fantastic. What do you do? What are your tricks to build your confidence back I, up? I turn into you. That's I it. think, what would Hamish do? And sometimes I think, what would my husband do? He's so laid back mm. that he can just step into any situation and, and not feel the need to appease everybody. So that gives him confidence because he doesn't care. He doesn't care what people think about him. Mm -hmm. And mirroring that is really, really helpful to me. And he doesn't really slag anyone off. Yeah, he's pretty perfect, John. <laughs> he is pretty perfect. I, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I often use that million-dollar mindset thing. I breathe. I sometimes practice what mm -hmm. I'm going to say. I rehearse like we do for our shows. That gives me confidence. Yeah. If we get it down pat in a rehearsal, I'm like, okay, we've got it now, Haim. Mm -hmm. Like We can step on stage and I feel like I know what I'm saying. It's like learning a poem, learning a script. It's like anything. Practice makes perfect. So really, I think that's what we're talking about here in Confidence, really. If you're relearning confidence, confidence you have to practice to make yeah. it perfect yeah here are some other useful tips to improve self-esteem and confidence challenge unkind thoughts and replace them with positive self-talk as yeah. though speaking with a loved one okay that's so true you can imagine you're talking to me yeah. all of you imagine you're talking to me and Hamish yeah, yeah. Avoid comparison. Oh, that's hard to so do nowadays. Hard. So hard. And consider avoiding media or social media accounts they may lead to negative thoughts. Yes. Practice self-care, sleep well, exercise. We, we can't bang on about those enough. No. Spend time with people that feel positive to be around. I always feel more nervous around nervous people, as I said. That is a big one for me. As soon as I'm around a group of really creative, out there people, I feel like, oh, okay, these are my people. I found my space. Mm. Yeah, but then I sound like a wanker because then, yeah, I'm just conscious of myself. No, I don't think you sound like a wanker saying that. Yeah, but that, it makes me feel more creative when I'm around creative people. Yeah. I think yep. everyone feels that. Okay. I think you're not being a wanker. Okay, good. <laughs> Biggest compliment I'll give you this yes, episode. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, practice being assertive, which may be, mean saying yes. It may also mean saying no. Set those boundaries. I'm terrible at that. Yeah. There's one thing that I'm useless at within my confidence world, saying no. Creating boundaries. You need to do a podcast, Hamish's Confidence World. You could be like a speaker. You're a bit like, um, who's that kind of culty Nelson guy? Nelson Mandela. Not Nelson. You're nothing Pope like Nelson Francis. Mandela. No. Barack Obama. No. Brad Pitt. The culty guy. Uh, the one that everyone Tony goes. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. <laughs> you could be the new Tony Robbins. Great. The lanky version. The lanky, unfit, the unattractive lanky version. Toad, with the Tony funny Robbins. toes. Yeah. <laughs> Get off the stage, big toe. <laughs> So do you feel a bit more confident now, Hamish, after we've had this chat? Well, now that I know that you feel numb and a little bit dead inside around me, I'm not sure if I am feeling completely full of confidence, <laughs> despite the Tony Robbins comparison. Yeah. I actually feel afraid and slightly aroused, which is oh. my usual state. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. You're like that generally. Yeah. You're generalistly aroused and slightly That's afraid. That's my neutral gear. 
That's why I have to cross my legs like this. It's yeah. just a slightly hard little chubby I've got inside. I'm crossing my legs just because I've laughed and wet myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to soak up the damp patch. Anyway, our message here is that if you're feeling unconfident in sobriety, it might be time to do some work and seek out what sits deep under that layer of fear. Because it is a little bit about fear confidence, mm-hmm. isn't it? Get out there, own what you are achieving. Because if you are sober in this booze-drenched world, you deserve a fucking medal, basically, don't you, Haim? Of course. You are a sober superhero and you deserve to feel confident with who you are and the amazing life choice that you have made. Just remember that. I think it's important to remember that confidence can come and go. You're not going to lose your confidence forever just because you've gone sober. And if you do believe that, that will lead you to a relapse. Confidence comes and goes. You can build it back up from the ground don't be too hard on yourself also. This is important yeah. to remember. Yeah. If you're having a day where you don't want to leave the house yeah. and you want to sit by yourself and you're feeling very aware of your sobriety, you just want to watch TV by yourself all yes. day, that's fine. Yeah. Those days happen. Vic and I still have those days. Yep. So don't be too hard on yourself. And if you like, I can put the photograph of my mum's toes online because that could keep a few people entertained, couldn't it? That's what I hours. do when I'm home alone. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what Hamish does I every blow night. it up, got it on my, on my big screen. Ugh. <laughs> What about a quote, Hamish? Yeah. Anything to say here? Go on, a couple of quotes. Okay. Believe you can and you're halfway there. I know we sound very guru-y today, don't we, Hamish, a little ah, bit? The, but we're the, trying the to build amount. you up. We were trying to build you up here, aren't we, mm. and say, look, sobriety is about confidence. Believe you can because sitting there believing you can't is going to be a bloody waste of time, isn't it? True. That one was Roosevelt. I like when we quote people who are really intelligent. Yeah. It does, it does bring us up a bit. It does. Don't waste your energy trying to change opinions. Do your thing and don't care if they like it. Tina Fey. Fey. <laughs> That's slightly more Roosevelt, Tina yeah. Fey. I'm not sure where we go. Oh, here we go. Tear off the mask. Your face is glorious. Roomy. Mm. As in your roommate. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and we always like to end with a disappointing affirmation. Go on. I am exactly where I want to be. At home, avoiding people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's generally where I want to be. Mm. I sometimes, I think this confidence thing is about pushing yourself. Like sometimes I have to push myself to go out in this sober life and I make the effort, which is why my sobriety is successful. Some people decide to stay in forever. It doesn't work. And I know you feel like doing that out there. You feel like hiding away because everybody's drinking. But once you step into a social situation, own it. Like I did last night, I went out for dinner with all of my mates. It was my birthday and I had a lovely evening because I step into that environment knowing it's going to be okay now and that's taken me six years to do Mm. I can go into social environments whether people are drinking or not and know I'm going to enjoy myself because I'm there for the mates for the music for the food I'm not there for the booze anymore and we always talk about booze getting too much credit for a Mm. night out Hamish for me booze gets no credit anymore because I don't drink it what gets credit are the people that I'm with and the love that I feel and the warmth of the room and all these lovely things so knowing that those things are still there that they're never going to go away it's about choosing when and where you go and who with and then you will have confidence because there there's nothing to question then is mm. there these The problem is with this confidence thing is we're questioning our environments and we're questioning, can we be a normal person without alcohol? And what we're telling you today is is that you can. And it takes practice and it might not be perfect every time, but you can. And with it, you will just grow your confidence every time you go out. Vic. What the fuck? Well spoken. Thanks. It's actually when I come off script, Hamish, is when I'm like the sober guru, aren't I? You're like a walking TED talk. I am. (laughs) Look, 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 we said at the beginning that we would be more confident by the end of the episode. You just delivered. That's it. Mic drop. 
Well done. I wish you were a little bit less confident because I find you a little bit too much. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh, the dagger to my heart. I'm going to walk out here trembling now. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? I don't know. Just write it on the... Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? probably ones with moody, moody what? sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes. Good, yes. Good, good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. Yeah. You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry and cringe and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book. Even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, 
it wobbled my teeny weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. My teeny little wooden heart. Well, his teeny little, his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> 